From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. Held as the latest evolution of computer and internet technology, metaverse and its vast socio-economic possibilities thrill investors, governments, and people in almost every industry alike. As far as its origin is concerned, metaverse was a word devised by Neil Stephenson in 1992 for his novel titled Snow Crash. In describing a virtual world in his imaginary future, a 21st century dystopia. Like some of other current buzzwords, the term metaverse is yet to have a definitive definition. Today, I love the science will present three of the definitions that people have been referring to. The first one is an entry in Cambridge Dictionary. The second one is provided by Polygon, which is a games-related content creation website owned by the New York-based mass media company Vox Media. And the third one is envisaged by Matthew Ball, a prominent venture capitalist whose essays on metaverse are widely recognized by technology giants and entrepreneurs. According to Cambridge Dictionary, Metaverse is the Internet operating as a boundless imaginary space in which people can meet each other using virtual reality. In such a space, images and sounds are generated by computers in order to digitally reproduce a venue or situation in reality. Another general definition of Metaverse featured on Polygon website is that it is a graphically rich virtual space where people can carry out activities in the same way as they do in real life, including working, playing, shopping, and socializing. On top of that, Polygon said people would have a strong sense of presence in metaverse, which means they can feel they are actually in the space and that there are others with them. On the other hand, Matthew Ball, the prominent venture capitalist, envisions metaverse in a far more immersive way. He defines metaverse as a network of real-time, interconnected 3D virtual worlds in which an unlimited number of people can experience simultaneously and seamlessly. In this network, each person would have his or her own sense of presence, along with continuity of relevant data such as identity, history, entitlements, objects, communications, and financial transactions. Metaverse is not a computer game. Although some current game titles have certain characteristics similar to those of Metaverse, the functions and scopes of such games are still limited compared to those in the envisioned Metaverse. Fortnite and Ready Player One are the two computer game titles which Matthew Ball believes might be mistaken for Metaverse. In one of his essays, he stressed that although gamification might be involved in Metaverse, Metaverse itself is not a computer game as it has a much wider application. In Metaverse, people would interact with each other and lead their virtual lives using avatars which they get to design on their own. 
If the metaverse is to help us live our daily lifestyle the same way as we do in real world, then certainly we would be able to carry out trading and claim ownership over assets which we buy virtually. This is where cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens, or NFT, come into play. According to Investopedia, a website making financial matters easier for its millions of visitors to understand, non-fungible tokens, which are a kind of digital tokens, are a digital representation of real world and online items, along with individuals' identities, property rights, and more. Cryptocurrencies and the various kinds of digital tokens, including NFT, are digital tools needed for carrying out transactions in the metaverse, such as making purchases or claiming ownership of digital assets. What is interesting about an NFT of a physical asset is that it does not necessarily have to be owned by a single person. Investopedia wrote that an NFT of a digital asset can be divided into several parts and sold to more than one buyer. For instance, an artist who sells digital representation of his or her painting can divide the painting into several fractions and put them on sale. Such division is believed to enhance the value and revenue of the item. As exciting as the prospect of owning digital assets may sound to many, concerns about environmental effects that mining NFTs may cause have been raised. The current production of a digital representation is energy intensive, so many people have been troubled by how this continued intensive use of electricity, in response to the rising demands of NFTs and other digital assets, could worsen climate change. To help us understand more about different aspects of metaverse, Unlock the Science reporter Ha Wang Meng talks to Dr. Non Akara Prasad Gun, an expert in metaverse, a digital economy promotion agency, a government agency in Thailand. Since metaverse allows much more immersive experience in virtual spaces, how would this affect our ability to distinguish between the virtual and real world? Well, first of all, I like the questions a lot, and I think my answer is. Uh, it's simple. Uh, the purpose of technology is to help us uh, becoming better at what we do, uh, becoming better at who we are, and of course, uh, becoming more productive at our performances, whether that in the live or the learn or the work or the play domains. So, if the physical world needs help from the digital or virtual world, let's uh, let, let's let's be it. I mean, that's and that's very important. Um, if we For instance, we are living living in the pandemic era uh, for the past couple of years, and we realize is that without the help of the virtual world, there would be no work, there would be no socializations, there would be no ways that we could engage with one another for for productive activities. So the help from the virtual world, even though it's a virtual 1.0, as in we're looking at a screen and look at each other's faces through cameras, it's still better than not having communication at all. And many even argue that having these types of communication uh, is useful because it, it makes us realize is that we can actually have this type of communications uh, compared to a few years ago when we thought in-person meetings was the only opportunities for us to meet each other. So to answer your questions, 
I think it will affect the way in which we distinguish between the virtual and the real. But the purpose of technology, if it is a good one, then it should help us becoming better at what we do rather than becoming detrimental at what we want to achieve. Considering the privacy issues that are still prevalent online, how would concerns related to such issues affect demands for long-term experience and involvement in metaverse? So privacy has been made one of the most crucial issues because in the in the virtual world, uh, everything goes, and then when when everything goes, you want to make sure that. Uh, not you yourself that goes with that everything. So cybersecurity is becoming very prevalent and and important for that matter. And I think before anybody uh, get involved in technology, they should be aware of the fact that security is very important issues. Um, so for for instance, if you want to do transaction on the virtual world, you need to know the risk involved in having transactions uh, conducted with whom you don't you know the identity uh, or with whom the identity is consumed by the avatars. And that's also very important. Uh, if you wanted to have certain types of experiences in the virtual, you have to understand how that type of ex- experiences might diminish is the way in which you think about the physical. Well, that goes back to the question you asked me earlier. Right? If you are spending eight hours a day on the virtual world, um, actually makes you uh, feel good. But on the other hand, the kinds of uh, data uh, privacies of yours that you are uh, trading back into the systems in order to have that experience, maybe it's not worth it. So the most important thing here is the literacy, not just digital literacy, but also cybersecurity literacy that everybody should know at least how to protect themselves. Because when you are in the virtual world, there is a scope and there's a limit to which government oversights could be able to provide you the kinds of securities that you need compared to the physical world where you have security cameras and probably policing in public spaces. Overall, do you think the idea of building an immersive virtual world, which exists in parallel with the real world, is sustainable or is it just a fact? Uh, Whether or not it's sustainable depends on whether or not people are using them. So if people are using them, then there is a chance for it to be sustainable. Uh, Not only because when people are using them, you are feeding cash flow into the market mechanism that allows the systems to exist uh, uh, self-reliantly. And when you have the cash flow, it means that there is a demand in the market and your supply fits that mechanisms and therefore uh, enables it to to be sustainable. Uh, As for me, I think there are a couple points. Uh, First of all, having a parallel uh, spatial universe is useful because you can act, you can actually do what you cannot do in the real world. For instance, in the field of smart city development, a lot of cities around the world are building the so-called digital twins or a, a virtual replica of, of cities in the virtual world so that they can test out different technologies. They can test out um, different types of scenarios. For instance, flooding. Uh, they, they don't know yet how they're going to evacuate people in the real world. So they can uh, build roads and buildings and very precise geographic settings in the virtual world. And then they can flood that virtual world with virtual water and see what are the routes where people can be evacuated from that city. So that's just one dimension of it, I think, which is quite useful. You have the parallel uh, virtual world in order to help you simulate what you might not have yet uh, experiences in the physical world so that you can prepare for better preventative measures. And that's one of them. And the other one is that uh, you need a, the parallel virtual world in order to supplement the, the physical world. 
because in many instances, as we experienced this for the past two years all over the world, there's a lot of things we cannot do in the real world. Um, and I'm not talking just about face-to-face -face meeting and workings. I'm also talking about traveling, tourism, playing, entertainments. All of these are the upper levels, the, the, the technologies that need to reach, that technology needs to reach, uh, because these are things that people need in order to maintain their livelihood. They can't just work uh, 10 hours a day. They need eight hours a day at work, and they need maybe a couple hours of play. Um, they, they need um, 10 months of work. They probably need a couple months of traveling. So if we can actually build the virtual world to supplement uh, what people need in the uh, real world, as in work and live, then I think that would be very beneficial. What should the general population do at the present to better prepare themselves for the arrival of metaverse in the future? That's a great question. Uh, I have done a, quite a few uh, workshops on this. Uh, first of all, as we mentioned in the, in the first two questions that you asked, the cybersecurity is very important. If we want to prepare for these technologies, we have to be able to educate ourselves that the cybersecurity is is key to our livelihood. We don't want our data to be hacked. We don't want our privacy to be intruded. We don't want to be involved in the community of people who are not doing things that are productive, uh, let alone illegal. So educate ourselves in terms of how we can better protect ourselves uh, from cyber threats. It's, very, it's the first and foremost uh, important things that we can do. The second thing uh, would be to open ourselves up a little bit to new things. Whenever there are new technologies, there's always resistance. And th those resistance, when we look into the structure of it, we realize is that most of them are uh, in the domain of, of fear. Uh, they don't know what it is, so it must not be good. So I think the opportunities are, are at our door and our abilities to understand that, well, this is new, so let's give it a chance is quite important. But again, it goes back to the first point. We can only say that when we have a, a good understandings of cybersecurities, right? Because otherwise, if you don't know what that person is capable of, you wouldn't let that person into, the, into your door. So knowing that and then knowing the opportunities uh, could be good for a lot of things to come uh, are very, very useful. That is Unlock the Science reporter Hao Wangmang talking to Dr. Non Akara Prasoy-Gun of Digital Economy Promotion Agency. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. Similar to other sectors, education would undoubtedly benefit from the future arrival of metaverse. Possible applications have already been envisioned. Metaverse is believed to take online learning experience to a more immersive level. For example, one could be present in a virtual classroom for a course offered by a university in the United States or United Kingdom while still physically sitting in a room in Thailand or other countries. Like the existing distant learning system, education in Metaverse eliminates the need and cost of traveling. However, Instead of logging into a meeting platform and interacting through screens, students can actually be present in digitalized classrooms. Also, the form of a virtual educational space will not be limited to just a regular meeting room or classroom, but can be configured based on the type of content being delivered. For instance, in a geography class, 
when students have to study the characteristic of Mount Fuji, which is the tallest and most famous volcano located in the southwest of Tokyo in Japan. Learning would be carried out by digesting information in textbooks, complemented by multimedia materials provided by the teacher. But if such teaching and learning are to be conducted in metaverse, students would be able to explore Mount Fuji constructed in virtual reality as if they were at the volcano in real life, making learning experience much more engaging and appealing. In other words. Metaverse enables the bringing of information about Mount Fuji in textbooks to life, thanks to its advanced technological capabilities. As a matter of fact, there have been several virtual campuses developed as Metaverse's role in the future educational system becomes more and more recognized. The World Bank noted that Brady School of Management of University of California in San Diego and Stanford University, both in the United States, are among the few educational institutions that have already offered virtual campuses where students take real-time virtual lectures, interact, socialize, and go on virtual field trips. In addition. Metaverse is believed to further facilitate the learning of soft skills and training that are now taking place in virtual reality. A study conducted in the United States by Price Waterhouse Coopers International Limited, or known as PwC, one of the global leading professional services networks, found out that virtual reality learners. Could be trained at a four times faster pace than those in physical classrooms. They were also reported to be 2.5 times more confident to put learned skills into practice. Discussing the implications of metaverse for future educational system with a locked science reporter Ha Wang Meng is Dr. Patricia Gomunkiti, director of Learning Innovation Center at Jilalongkorn University. Learning soft skills has been found to be more effective in virtual reality than in physical classrooms. Could the same be said for hard skills? Thank you for the questions. Actually, the key is the accessibility to the practice platform. The word practice platform means that this is the sort of the sandbox that the learners can use in order to practice their ability. Right. For instance, um, the Practice platform for science could be thought of as a science laboratory. Could be for for chemistry, then is a chemistry laboratory and so on. So in that sense, it means that the practice platform has to be as similar to the real environment as possible, so that the practice could make sense. So come back to the questions for the hard skill to be obtained. If we were going to use virtual reality. The question is whether those virtual reality could mimic the reality of the practice platform or or the real environment, right? So for for those hard skill that we need, then then normally we would provide the labs, right? But if the hard skills are to be something that could be applied to, for instance, the metaverse, then it means that of course the virtual reality could be very Important and very appropriate to be used as the working ground or the practice platform for for those set of skills. Right. The key question is then is in terms of the accessibility of those platforms. 
those training grounds so that we could actually learn the hard skill. As underdeveloped and developing countries may face, may face more challenges than developed nations in their transition to metaverse, in an educational context, what are some possible obstacles? For this question, I think it really back to the first one because they are interrelated. Because the keyword that I mentioned in the previous one was the accessibility. So in developed nations, the level of accessibility is said to be high because you have enough resources, you have enough funding to provide those things. While at the developing or underdeveloped countries, the ability to access those things could be a little bit more challenging. But actually, if you think about that, this set of equipments would promise, the metaverse would promise the lower cost of accessibility. So in a sense, we hope that these would, would help in terms of the ability to narrowing the gap from the developed nation to underdeveloped nations. The cost of accessibility should be impacted either directly or indirectly. For instance, previously, in order to do something, you have to travel. If, if you want to experience a, a movie or experience a, a feeling of some sort, then, then you have to travel to that location, right? which means that there, there are terrible travel expenses incurred. But in this case, if Metaverse is as good as it, it was promised to, then you don't have to travel. You just have the equipment and then you can experience those. That means that the, the travel expenses would be reduced significantly. And then this would be the part of the cost of accessibility to those uh, experiences. At which level of education should teaching and learning in metaverse be carried out? Should elementary students be allowed to enter virtual spaces? Well, actually this is a tricky question because if we are talking about using metaverse to learn something to be applied to the physical world, then of course there must be a threshold of basic understanding of the transition, right? For instance, if you are talking about learning to speak in the metaverse, so that you would use that speaking ability in the real world, then you have to understand that in metaverse, speaking could be only conformed to a certain set of, of predetermined something, right? It's not the, the, the full scale. But in the real world, you may have variations, you may have accents, you may have different culture of understanding of the speakers from you. So that means that those differences have to be understood before applying to this, right? So of course, if, if you are talking about using metaverse to obtain the skill could be used in the physical world, that, that, that basic understanding of the different transition from one platform to the other has to be well-defined, which implies that the student of young age may have difficulties for this. Now, on the other hand, if the content being learned from the metaverse is actually to be used on the metaverse itself, for instance, if you are talking about, let's say you are going to be a programmer in the metaverse, and then you learn programming in metaverse, then these kind of skills being learned, then that, that would be, that, that would have no limit because the applicability is on that platform. Now, the key part is the ability to understand the different contexts of different platforms. And as long as you are able to differentiate those, that would be fine. And since students 
could study in immersive virtual spaces in the future, how essential would physical classrooms and schools be? I think the physical classroom would still be essential if you are talking about the skills are to be applied in the physical world. Because those skills obtained from virtual space would not be directly translated to the skills to be used in the physical world. Now, on the other hand, if the skills obtained from the virtual space to be used in the virtual space, then those would be no problem, right? You can, you can apply that. Though it implies that the quick key question is whether the skill being obtained from the virtual spaces can be applied in the physical world without using the physical classroom, which is yet to be determined, or rather what would be the equipment needed in order to, to transform that. Now, in the meantime, it also implies that the physical classroom is still very vital in that role. And the teachers and the student has to be aware that those set of skills are still needed in order to survive in the physical world. And then they have to, to utilize that. So we are not going to rely on using the physical classroom for lecturing because those could be easily replaced by online lecturing, right? But the physical classroom then has to be utilized for something that cannot yet be replaced. So that is the key question. And university campus or even office spaces throughout the world has to change in order to reflect on those changes. Dr. Patrashat of Julalungon University and Dr. Non of Digital Economy Promotion Agency both stressed that digital and cybersecurity literacy are crucial when people make that transition to metaverse in the future. In addition, Dr. Patricia said that besides lower accessibility, a lack of basic infrastructure to accommodate metaverse in underdeveloped and developing countries would be another major obstacle for them. Discussing with Unlock the Science about global environmental concerns surrounding non-fungible tokens, Dr. Non highlighted that it is their production and transaction rather than the tokens themselves that are detrimental to our environment. He expected that wider use of renewable energy such as wind or solar sails in the future would make the production of these tokens more sustainable. At present, it seems that Metaverse is being developed separately by individual entities around the world without any coherence among them. The question of whether these metaverses could be interoperable in the way that Matthew Ball, the leading venture capitalist, envisions would require much more resources and further consensus among relevant stakeholders, as the technology that allows seamless experience from one platform to another completely different one, as well as the protocols related to interoperability, are yet to be officially available. Unlock the Science would like to thank Dr. Non Akaraprasagun of Digital Economy Promotion Agency and Dr. Patrachai Gomongiti, Director of Learning Innovation Center at Julalungon University, for sharing their insights. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. Our show is also accessible as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. 
Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Simfa Tunsorawood 